This is another episode of Connecting the Dots. And my name is Skip Stewart, Vice President and Chief Improvement Officer for Baptist Memorial Healthcare. Hi, everybody. I'm H.F. Mason. I'm a general surgeon and chief medical officer at Baptist Union County. And hello, everybody. I'm Jake Lancaster. I'm an internal medicine physician and the chief medical information officer for the Baptist system. Well, today we, we are so honored to be with a really good friend of mine, Paul Terry. Uh, and we'll learn more about Paul, but welcome, Paul. Thank you, Skip. It's a pleasure to be with you today. Um, again, I am Paul Terry. I have worked with Skip uh, for a number of years. Uh, we came into contact as I worked for a company called OC Tanner in Salt Lake City, Utah. And uh, through that connection, became involved with Shingo and served there as an examiner for a number of years. And Skip and I have had the opportunity to be on uh, site visits together with Shingo. And we'll talk about that a little bit in a minute. So, you know, normally when we were doing Shingo examinations, uh, Paul was my boss. So he would give me uh, uh, assignments and tasks that I had to do. And, and he was just a great leader in that process. And through that process, uh, we kicked off something we called uh, the Baptist Management System Review. And uh, Paul will talk why we use the word review. That's very intentional. And But Paul, let me kind of kick us off by saying, if you would, uh, talk to us a little bit about Shingo, um, about uh, what's the purpose, and maybe contrast that with the Baptist Management System Review, if you would. I would love to. Uh, I, I think there are three things in this podcast that I would love to address. First of all, maybe to build a foundation to talk about the power of ideal principle-based behavior and why that's important in any organization. Secondly, to talk about my experience with Shingo site visits. Um, Shingo has a system involving about 100 different examiners, uh, last time I looked, uh, from all over the world. And the examiners get to know each other as they show up on site visits together and uh, work pretty much blind to an organization that they've never been to. And uh, they use words such as reviews, examiners, and Skip and I, after talking a lot about that, and as we evolved the uh, BMS review system, wanted to stay away from any sense that this was an audit so that organizations felt like that there was this altruistic desire to help each other learn and grow and in no way come across as ambassadors, we call them, arrive at an entity to come across as auditors. And so that was very much intentional, and I think the flavor of that will come through uh, as we talk today. So um, again, the second objective would be to talk about that Shingo background and experience from my perspective. And then finally, to talk about how that evolved into the uh, BMS review system in contrast with Shingo, uh, and then wrap up by, with all of that having been said, talk about some of the strengths and opportunities that we have observed 
in the BMS review system. So uh, with that introduction, let's talk first about why are the BMS 11 guiding principles so important? I like to think of it in terms of a triangle analogy, uh, referring to the three Baptist management system dimensions. The base of that triangle is the people dimension in the Baptist management system. The two sides of the triangle are the continuous improvement and alignment dimensions. So it's important to understand that without a solid base in place in an organization, any organization, that organization will not achieve continuous improvement or alignment excellence. It just won't happen. So Shingo calls the people principles that we refer to at Baptist, they call them cultural enablers. And their two cultural enabler principles are respect every individual and lead with humility. Those two principles enable the growth, growth of enterprise-wide operational excellence. Now, Baptist management system refers to that foundation as the people dimension. I really like that because all the principles in that dimension relate to people. And without people, any system in any organization will fail if the people are not engaged and connected to those foundational principles. The, in addition to the two principles that I mentioned that Shingo identifies, respect every individual and lead with humility, the Baptist management system has added two. First, they've added trust. Why? Well, because in the culture, in the Baptist healthcare culture, there are the importance of relationships between patients and healthcare workers and the relationships between healthcare workers within the Baptist organization. The importance of that cannot be overstated. And the fourth people principle that we have added is empathy. Why? Why add empathy? Well, it emphasizes the culture of caring for patients and caring for each other in the Baptist system. Culture is to think of it as the way people consistently behave every day. For example, when organizations consistently live the Arbinger principle of treating people as people rather than as objects, and when they apply TWI job relations in the workplace, I have found that people coaching problems, if we can call them that, virtually disappear. So culture is a reflection of actual behavior. And when those types of behaviors permeate an organization, it becomes it develops this strong foundation upon which all other operational excellence can be built. For example, I was at OC Tanner uh, in Salt Lake for 39 years, um, retired nearly about two years ago now, and I observed in the 39 years that I was there an amazing cultural transformation. 
as we emphasized and taught people and reinforced the Arbinger principles of treating people as people with respect and taught them to coach leaders to coach based around the principles of TWI job relations. The transformation that took place was amazing. But thinking back 40 years ago when I started there, as leaders, we spent a good share of our time worrying about and focusing on problem people and trying to sort things out. And it was just a continual distraction to growing the organization. As we spent time working on the principles, the people principles that I just referred to, trust, humility, um, empathy, and respect, we found that people were able to sort out their own problems, and because they treated each other with, with respect, we just found that those problems did not take our time, did not distract us from our primary objective. With the foundation of the four people dimension principles in place, consider the power attained in an organization when principles associated with continuous improvement and alignment are embedded on that foundation. So the seven continuous improvement and alignment principles that I refer to are perfection, the quest for perfection, focus on process, the ability to think scientifically, developing quality at the source, flow and pull, constancy of purpose, and systemic thinking. Now, we won't have time to talk about those in detail today, but it's important to recognize that together, those 11 guiding principles form that, that triangle foundation with two sides that enable an organization to achieve excellent results. Let me just give you one example. I worked for a um, fellow years ago by the name of Harold. Harold Simons was by background an engineer, and he became the leader of manufacturing, and he was very much a hands-on person. And he used to talk about the experience he had when he worked for a company that made aluminum arrows. And they were struggling with a problem that somewhere in the process, the arrows were getting slightly bent. Well, you can appreciate that trying to shoot arrows that are not perfectly straight and balanced doesn't work very well. And he was trying to figure this out given his engineering background, and one day one of the frontline workers came to him, not an engineer, this individual, and said, hey boss, I have an idea. If we adjusted the machines this way, this way, this way, I think it would solve our problem with crooked arrows. And Harold said, I listened to him and I thought, oh, that's crazy. That will not work. 
But he was wise enough to say, well, go ahead and try it. Let's see what happens. And he thought, I won't hear anything more on that because it's a bad idea. Well, guess what? A few days later, the guy came back to him with an arrow and said, hey, check this out. The arrow was perfect. And Harold said, I learned a valuable lesson. First of all, recognize that frontline people know the processes better than leaders and empower them to experiment with process improvements and get out of their way. And uh, you think about that story, I think about that a lot. And Skip has heard me talk about this in the past. But think about the principles that are evident. Of the 11 principles, seven come to mind immediately. First of all, the humility of the leader to listen to a frontline worker. Ideas, good ideas can come from any source. The trust that he showed in that individual, the respect that he showed that individual, the focus on process that the organization had, recognizing that incremental process improvements lead to excellence as they seek perfection. They were constantly trying to be perfect, engaging in scientific thinking. And I love this example of the principle of quality at the source. In this case, the quality at the source was literally the frontline worker that was involved in hands-on the processes every day. So in summary on this point, the strength of the BMS review system is that it reinforces the vision of a principle-based organization and helps people at Baptist to see gaps between actual and ideal principle-based behavior. The True North vision, I like to call it, of the 11 guiding principles is like a beacon, inviting entities to pursue a journey of growth in people, continuous improvement, and alignment dimensions. Hey, Paul. Yeah. Is it, is it fair to say, or would you disagree, is it fair to say at the end of the day, what we're tr trying to do with the Baptist Management System Review is we're trying to look through the lenses of the 11 guiding principles and see does this entity, whether that be a hospital, whether that be a college of health science, whether that be clinics, but does this entity, does it manifest these principles and can we see them embedded within the organization? Is, is that a fair way of framing it? It definitely is. What we're trying to do with the ambassadors and in each entity is teach people to learn how to see where there are examples of excellence, strengths, where those principles are being applied and where there are gaps between what actually happens each day and what should be happening. And as people see those gaps, 
that's another way of, of identifying opportunities. And as they engage in strengthening the base and building those other seven principles of continuous improvement and alignment, they will achieve excellence internally and excellence as seen through the eyes of patients. I think that's a great way of thinking about it, Skip. Thank you. Hey, Paul. Yes. Um, help me connect some dots. So Skip has um, asked me to be an ambassador starting in, in 2022. And so I agreed to it without really knowing what I was getting myself into. So that, the question is going to be, what did I get myself into? <laughs> and, and specifically, what I would like to know is, how do you train an ambassador uh, to be able to do what you just described? And then two, you know, when I walk into uh, a hospital, one of the entities where I'm um, not auditing, but, you know, evaluating or, or, or being an ambassador to, what does that look like on a moment to moment or, or, or uh day-to-day basis when, when you're doing that. Excellent. Uh, Dr. Lancaster, let me, if I can, go ahead and review some of the points that I think directly address that question. Sure. And then if you have additional questions at the end, we can talk about those. So let me, first of all, as we get into that, talk about the Shingo site visit program and the influence that it has had on the development of the BMS review system. First of all, the purpose of the Shingo Institute, they define as based on timeless principles, the Shingo Institute shapes cultures that drive operational excellence. That's a, a great sentence based on my years of experience with them that describes what they do. Um, they offer three insights in their model. First of all, Ideal results require ideal behaviors, strong connection between actual behaviors and results. Secondly, the purpose, the fact that purpose and systems drive behavior. And third, principles inform ideal behaviors. So you see woven through those insights are the connection between behavior, principles, results. And they focus a great deal, as Skip knows, on systems. And uh, I'll talk about that more in a second. So a little background about my experience with Shingo site visits. I've served on the Shingo Board of Examiners for many years, and I've been on about 40 different Shingo site visits in 14 countries over the years. Um, and Shingo has, has had a great influence on a lot of organizations. Countries that I've been to with on Shingo site visits, obviously the USA, Brazil, Mexico, Costa Rica, England, Ireland, Wales, India, Lithuania, Tunisia, China, Taiwan, Australia, Israel. Used to be that people thought of Shingo as manufacturing focused but over the years, it's evolved much beyond that. Shingo has, that I've been involved in with site visits of the 40 that I've been on, automotive, furniture, packaging, printing, medical devices, nutritional products, wineries, U.S. Army, U.S. Navy, metal refining, scientific technical research, banking, insurance, and a couple of customer call centers. 
So you can see it's much more than just manufacturing focus. So a pre-qualification that any entity must go through before they receive a site visit is they generate a 50 to 70 page very extensive achievement report that's reviewed by Shingo examiners. And if they agree that that organization should receive a, a site visit, then it's scheduled and the examiners um, spend a week on site. Usually five examiners, sometimes more than five if it's a large organization like NEA Baptist has been through this Shingo site visit experience. And they had, what was it, Skip, about 10? Yeah, they had about 10 examiners, which I think was appropriate because um, of the size of that entity. Now, I was not obviously an examiner at NEA Baptist because I had been working with NEA Baptist and um, Skip and uh, had to excuse myself from that site visit. The examiners come from different backgrounds. Um, they're all experienced lean practitioners, but they generally don't know much about the industry that they're visiting. They prepare because of that lack of direct experience in the industry. They have to prepare by reading the uh, in advance the achievement report, the document called areas of clarification, study results metrics that go back at least three to five years. They uh, develop with the site an interview track schedule that helps the examiners hit the ground running and have a comprehensive experience at the organization in the limited time. One of the things that's different about Shingo site visits is one examiner handles each interview. With the BMS review system, we uh, typically have two ambassadors in each interview. And we found, I think, that that really helps. Um, the ambassadors do a tag team approach and ask really good questions. Um, key meetings are an important part of the Shingo system, like team huddles, they observe. They don't really, in those meetings, ask questions typically. They just observe and look at the dynamics. Shingo site visits involve three days of interviews plus a day for five all five examiners to write the feedback report. A heavy focus on systems. Much more of that focus than on principles. And as Skip and I evolved the BMS review system, we wanted to handle that differently. We wanted to focus more on principles and less on systems. And I think that's turned out to be a, a, a very good way of going. Another big uh, um, difference between Shingo and BMS is Shingo uses a scoring system where after that site visit, they evaluate the different systems, they score based on criteria, rubric that they have in place, and they award the organization either the Shingo Prize or a silver medallion, it's called, or a bronze medallion, or no level of recognition at all. And um, 
then they generate also a feedback report. And I found to their credit that most organizations are more interested in getting the feedback from that report to help them in their long-term operational excellence journey. They're more interested in that than they are in the level of recognition they get uh, with regards to an award. So I think one of the main limitations of Shingo is that the examiners don't know much about the organization. Um, they have to do that preparation in advance and lean back on their lean experience to be able to um, have insights for the organization. By the way, Shingo is working on developing a virtual site visit system, not yet implemented, but they're working on it. Um, and frankly, the BMS review system is much further down that path uh, than Shingo is at this point. Okay, now let's talk about the BMS review system in contrast with the Shingo system. We started out last year as a system of physical site visits. And because of COVID, it's now evolving to a virtual system. September, we were in Tipton. October, October we were in Memphis. And that was, those were completely virtual. It may evolve to a virtual system with a limited physical visit, depending on the course of the pandemic. So again, in, in contrast with Shingo, there are we have found so far eight to 14 ambassadors that are involved in a review. Those ambassadors are, with few exceptions, Baptist healthcare professionals capable of understanding and relating to an entity's strengths and opportunities. That is a big, big difference that I think gives the Baptist management system review process much more of an advantage. So, the, Dr. Lancaster, you ask about the training. The training that we provide for ambassadors, for example, right now, we are, next week, we'll be coming up to session number four for new ambassadors that will be involved in 2021. And uh, then in December, we'll have a um, session with all, it's up to about 100 now, uh, ambassadors, new and returning. And in that training, we uh, go through a resource guide book that identifies and, and talks about the importance of principles and systems uh, going to the leaning on the experience from Shingo, we're not saying that systems are unimportant, but we are saying that we want to build on the foundation of principles that we just talked about. And then this resource guide talks about overall questions, TWI questions, and CADA questions. And those questions, as we have gone through so far our experiences with reviews, we are finding that the best thing we can do to help ambassadors prepare for site visits is to help them understand the power of principles and to teach them how to ask meaningful questions 
in those areas that I just referred to. One of the things that I've recently thought about um, that will be incorporated into our training with all the ambassadors in December is how do you ensure in the days that you're involved in the review that you're asking a spectrum of questions to gain insights in all 11 principles so that when you write the feedback report, you're able to identify meaningful strengths and opportunities in all 11 areas. And I've got some ideas on how we're going to improve that that will roll out shortly. This uh, resource guide also gives ambassadors some insights on how to write a feedback report and the importance of standardization that they can look for and reinforce when they are on site. So ambassadors, as I mentioned, interview in pairs. They, um, what we try to do is always match a new ambassador, if there is one, with an experienced ambassador so that uh, they can learn from each other and the new ambassador doesn't feel overwhelmed. You better not put me with HF. You know, that might be a dangerous combination if we were going out into the wild together. <laughs> well, I uh, <Yeah>. duly noted. <laughs> uh, let's see. So what, because the ambassadors don't receive this 50 to 70 page achievement report, like Shingo examiners receive, they do have to depend on their own experience as healthcare professionals, a corporate data packet that they receive in advance that they can study, organizational chart, list of accolades provided by the entity being reviewed, strategic and tactical A3s. We're seeing that as really being important for ambassadors to understand what the objectives of that entity is and helps prepare them to be able to ask meaningful questions. If there has been a, a review site visit in the past, we give ambassadors a copy of that feedback report. There are responses from the CEO and key people of the entity. There's a uh, video welcome entity overview and tour by the CEO. And um, all these relevant documents are um, stored on a share drive. And we're recognizing the importance of that share drive as um, ambassadors arrive at a site visit. I can access that information during that week. So we've alluded to the fact that we experimented with virtual system at Tipton in September and Memphis in October. We used two different approaches. At Tipton, we used a three-week experiment where the interviews took place over a three-week period, and we learned a lot from that. At Memphis, we decided, ah, let's compress it into a one-week experiment. And after those two experiences, we're feeling that the one-week approach is the way to go. Now that, you know, the journey continues, the learning continues, the experiment continues. So we'll see how that evolves. But the one-week approach being compressed seemed to make it a more effective review. So there is an interview track schedule developed 
with the site people in advance. And that track schedule it makes sure that we are interviewing leaders, physicians, frontline people, all shifts, departments, and clinics. I can't overstate the importance of that comprehensive interview track schedule. Key meetings are observed, such as safety meetings, shepherding meetings, huddles. Um, we also tried at Memphis, part of the experiment was to use as the main driver a strategic A3 alignment focus. How aligned are strategic A3s with tactical A3s that are seen on the floor? Are all 11 guiding principles uh, being addressed would be a question to ask as you look at that approach. And we realize the importance, even though we lead with alignment and with the two principles associated with alignment, we're still saying to ambassadors, you need to make sure, even though you're taking that alignment approach, that you ask questions and gain insights on all 11 principles. Um, so with the one-week approach, interviews take place Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. The feedback report is compiled on Thursday to be delivered to the CEO on Friday. It's a very nice, compressed approach. As you can see there, uh, it's a pretty thorough process. There's a lot that goes on behind the scenes to, to uh, schedule a review, uh, but we, to say that we go out of our way would be an understatement to make it clear that this is not an audit. And the reason we do that is our industry is so inundated with audits. And we have gotten tremendous feedback from the people that are doing uh, the reviewing process about this is the best you know, leadership development they've ever had. And we get tremendous feedback from the people being reviewed that even though we're writing up a report uh, to give to the CEO and the leadership of that entity, they tell us, you know, this has been such an encouraging process. And I know we're past our time, but Dr. Mason, would you add anything to you've experienced being an ambassador? Is there any comments you'd like to add? Sure, I, I sure would. Um, I, I'm a new ambassador, Jake, and, uh, you know, the training, uh, as Paul said, um, it, it did consist of some reading and, and meeting with the other ambassadors, ambassadors and going, going through some, some mock interviews. And um, I went on my first uh, assessment, I guess, at Tipton, and it, it was virtual, but it, it, was, it was really good. I was paired with an experienced ambassador, and, and I, I do think that the, the having two people interviewing we interviewed frontline people, we interviewed mid-level managers, and we interviewed people in the uh, executive suite. And one would be asking the questions and the other one would be taking notes and then we would we would flip. But, you know, s since this, the, the purpose of this podcast or one of the main purposes is to reach out to doctors, I, I would encourage, I just want to make a plug for, you know, any physician who is really wanting to better understand how how Baptist runs and, and uh, how the Baptist management system works. I, I would I would encourage them to uh, to become an ambassador and become an assessor because I, I'll be honest with you, I think that 
that being an ambassador and, and the more I learn about the Baptist management system, it actually helps me become a better physician. I, I really do. Uh, it helps me become a better physician working at Baptist because it, it, it lets me understand. It lets you get to know the people and you get to know, you know, the everybody who's working in different departments. And, and, and it just it helps you understand how the gears how the gears fit together and how they work. And and I, you know, I, I've really enjoyed it. I, I will. One of the books that you'll have to read, Jake, is called Leadership and, and Self-Deception. Uh, that's one of the books. And I, I, uh, I just pulled this off my shelf and, and was thinking, my goodness, I need, I need to read this again. And, and after I read it, I sent, uh, I think I sent Skip a, uh, a picture of the book and I sent him a text message and I said, uh, I said, this book messed me up. <laughs> <laughs> and I think when, when we came back together, I think that was the general consensus of the of the whole group. It, this this is book leadership and self deception for you guys out there. I highly recommend it. it, it it'll it'll make you a better it, it'll make you look at your, it'll make you a better human being. I'm telling well, you. well, the actually th the actual thing you said was uh, there was two texts. The first text was this book is really screwing up my thinking. And then he didn't, that was it. And I was like, oh my goodness. And then a few seconds later said, in a good way, of course. <laughs> so, you know, uh, Paul is a dear friend. And hopefully what you saw, uh, you know, we call this podcast Connecting the Dots. But those 11 guiding principles we're trying to connect to. So when we do the review, we're not just looking through the lenses, looking for the principles individually. We're looking for them. How do they interact? You know, so are people being showed respect? And out of that respect, they're doing great work in their department, maybe, or whatever it may be. Well, listen, I know that we've ran out of a lot of time. Uh, and uh, I think Dr. Lancaster probably has one more comment or question. I have one more question. And it's based on what HF said a second ago with encouraging physicians to do this if they were interested. If somebody is interested that's listening to the podcast, how do they get in touch with somebody to, to request to be an ambassador? Reach out to Skip Stewart. I'm in the email system and within Baptist, and we'll have a conversation. And so, uh, Paul, thank you so very much for your time. Thank you so much for uh, helping uh, be a founder and help me create the Baptist Management System Review. I, I truly believe that we are just still in the early days, even though we've had great success uh, these first three years. Uh, we're in the early stages of creating something really powerful. Thank you so much, Paul. I appreciate you, my friend. Thank you. I thoroughly enjoyed this. I really appreciate it.